Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, if you can't stand the cold and get out of the ice level, it's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellis, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? So happy to be here. Yep. Um, did you, growing up, have any, like, big dog t-shirts? I never did have you a, never had a, a big dog. never had a big dog t Do you know what big dog t-shirts were? Yeah, I know what yeah, big dog t-shirts were. where it's like, if you can't... So, our cold open yes. reminded me so much of something that would be on a uh, very specific yes. uh, big dog t-shirt, because they were always like... Uh, you know, like, uh, if you can't run with a big dog, stay on the porch. Right, like, big dog got a bite or something. <laughs> and what, so big dog was uh, St. Bernard, right? Yeah. Okay, so he's not, uh, and St. Bernard's would sometimes be those, like, rescue dogs, right? That have the, like, little barrel of, like, whiskey under yeah, there. Yeah, in cartoons. Yeah, uh-huh. in cartoons. Well, and possibly life? I don't think so. I bet there's, like, a nugget of truth right. somewhere right. in there. But, um, right, because they would sometimes have, what you think is medicine, but then yes. it'd be like whiskey or something. Well, I mean, you I, know, for children, right? In a children's of course, cartoon. of course. Um, but uh, so I'm just saying that our cold open could also maybe have been on a big dog. I love it. Shirt. I'm sorry, I was poo pooing that on any level. That's right. Um, speaking of things that you can poo poo on any level, Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. My copy of it, you can borrow. <laughs> Uh, what is grammar? Uh, you, if you want to borrow it, all you gotta do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address that we can send it to, and from which you will send it back. And you play it for as long as you want. Great holiday gift idea? Question mark. Yes, yes. Possibly an even better gift idea for us. Review our podcast on Apple How Podcast. How delightful would that be? That is the gift that, you don't know this, keeps on giving. Because if we get more reviews, that bumps up our profile on some kind of chart somewhere. And then people can see our show. Then you're giving us a gift of exposure. And you are giving other people the gift of being exposed to our show. So, like, it's it's a win-win-win-win-win-win-win. And genuinely, we appreciate anybody who has left us a review mm-hmm. on uh, any platform wherever you get the show if you've yes. ever like mentioned us to a friend uh shared us on social media or anything it really means a lot to us this has been a great year yes for the show it's been so much fun and yeah we were uh, just, we just talking wanted- about it we've we we feel like we've done some like fun big shows and it's always always been uh because we are incorporating stuff from you guys and you give us the best ideas and 150 pieces of nintendo music for us to sort through and determine a champion uh so thank you for all of that and uh i guess we just gonna give you more homework <laughs> And there'll be more stuff like that next year, right? Where we'll have more uh, things that we need your help on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of things that we need your help on, we were confused last week when talking about Pokemon uh, on the process of Gigantamaxing and Dynamaxing. We got an email from Lewis. Lewis writes, Hey guys, uh, I too had no understanding of Gigantamax and Dynamax, and even after reading several articles, I feel like I'm still not sure what to believe. 
Or I'm still not sure that I can believe that. And then semicolon. All Pokemon can Dynamax, which is just where they become bigger if you're in a specific area, i.e. max raid battles or a Pokemon gym. Okay, so we're good on that so far? Okay. Dynamax. All Pokemon can Dynamax under circumstances. It's like Bane Juice. Uh, yeah, that's right. They're all getting Actually, no, no, no. Venom? Don't say that because uh, I think where this is going, actually, Gigantamaxing would be like the Bane Juice. However, some Pokemon, when Dynamaxing, have a Gigantamax form, which is where they change shape as well as getting bigger, like the Snorlax with a tree growing out of him, and also getting a special move like the Long Boy Meowth getting amped, getting an amped up payday. He is such a long boy. He's too long, really. Um, to make this more confusing, only certain species can Gigantamax. And only certain individual Pokemon within that species. Okay. I'm going to read the sentence exactly as is. Uh Uh-huh. And then, you know, welcome to my nightmare. The sentence is, uh, to make this more confusing, only certain species can Gigantamax. And also only certain individual Pokemon within that species can Gigantamax. Usually gift gift Pokemons are ones uh, caught in Max Raid, like... Like, not all Snorlax uh, can become the tree belly kind when Dynamaxing. Okay, maybe this is right. That only some kinds and only individuals of those kinds can Gigantamax. I don't understand the some kinds distinction. Uh, So, uh, to make this more confusing, only only certain species can Gigantamax and also certain individuals within that species can Gigantamax. So, species being, like... Snorlax is a species. Yeah. Okay. And then that there are, there will be Snorlax, even though there is such a thing as a Gigantamax uh, Snorlax, there may be Snorlaxes that cannot Gigantamax. Right. Hashtag not all Snorlax. That's right. Please stop blaming the Snorlaxes. Uh, and uh, Lewis goes on to say, also, Mark, I too was taken in by the gym uniform scam. It's actually just an outfit that you can change into like regular clothes. I don't think you can change your challenger uniform for the gym battles. What? Yours confusedly, Lewis. Lewis, thank you. Uh, that is the information I needed to know. Jonathan Dillon writes in and saying, uh, saying according to uh, ProGameGuides.com, you cannot change your uniform for a gym leader battle. If you buy a uniform, you're basically buying it like any other article of clothing. So you need to head into a changing room or a clothing shop and change into your uniform. That is infuriating. It's a scam. You're buying a uniform at... The gym, you think you'd be able to use it at the gym, but you can't. Uh, Mark, are you ready to get into our uh, topic of the week? Yeah, let's do it. It's the winter time. Uh, although officially, I guess it's tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, that winter starts, but the winter is upon us. Tis the season, et cetera, et cetera. Or two days. Is it the 21st? I never remember. <laughs> I always think it's the 20th. Maybe it's the 21st. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's winter. All right. Let's not split hairs here. Um, because we need those hairs to stay ne- warm. That's right. Because it's winter. <laughs> we are going to talk about our favorite winter levels in games. Now. Uh, point of order some of my winter levels aren't actually winter they are just snowy yes. which means they could be at altitude they could be in artificially cold environments or anything else 
Um, so I've got a couple here. Mark, you you brought a couple. We're just going to chat about them. This is going to be like a low-key conversation. We're not going to rank anything or determine the best one, although we'll all secretly know which is the best one, yeah, right? It'll be obvious, self-evident. <laughs> um, do you want to start? Go ahead. Why, yeah. don't you, why don't you go ahead and start? Um, so the, the, the first thing that came to my mind uh, when we uh, came up with this topic was the Snow Peak and the Yeti Mansion from The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Absolutely. Also on my list. Um, this is a great... I love this setting so much. Um, a Twilight Princess I f- is, is a, a, a game that I really like and I, that I liked a lot more when I played um, the HD remake of it a couple of years ago. Um, but one of the places that I feel like it does kind of fail is uh, in uh, establishing like the, the grandeur of um, Hyrule. But the one part of that game that feels big and feels far away is uh, Snow Peak. Like getting up that mountain takes a long time. And even snowboarding down it takes a long time. It's like, it's a big area. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, maybe the peak itself isn't super, uh, like, notable or, like, fun to talk about. But the, like, busted up mansion at the top of this thing that's inhabited by a strange Yeti creature. Yeah, a Yeti and his wife. And his wife. Uh, and she's also strange, but, like, an opposite kind of strange. Right. Well, I mean, I feel like this is where the strange unexplainable aesthetic yes. choices of twilight princess shine yes like the uh lady yeti yes is i i love her design so much not like at all a yeti that i imagine in my mind it looks like she's just wearing a big like comfy sweater yeah so there is there is an onion article that i love and that i see every winter that's like uh the headline is just girlfriend to stay under blanket for next four months which is exactly what the yeti wife is right (laughs) she is just always bundled up she's like cocooned in a blanket yeah uh to the point where she like her shape is just like Mm egg-like she has this round head and then the round body that just bundled and the the yeti himself is huge he's like four times her size mm-hmm. um and has this big weird butt puff it's like a tail what is it i don't know and the, these are the types of questions you would think would maybe would be illuminated by the hd remake they are not no exacerbated some would say um made worse uh or better made more confusing <laughs> um but the the has that- there ever been hmm. a deep dive into like where People have talked to the art designers on Twilight Princess and just asked them, like, you know, like about their process and what was going on because that game is so unique looking. Yeah, like, uh, and so specifically unique that there has to be, there feels like there's so much like behind it. Yeah, but I've never. It's com- it's a complete mystery to me. It also doesn't feel uh, referential in the same way that like. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Wind Waker is very like cartoony. It looks like a Disney cartoon. Um, and even like uh, Skyward Sword has that sort of um, very like, expressionist, yeah, yeah, a very yes. Um, but uh, this game just looks weird, right? And not everything does. Like, uh, like Wolf Link looks like a wolf. Yeah. Um, Link pretty much looks like Link. And then everything else, everything else is, is just, just like bonkers, including like Midna. Like the design of Midna is like, like uncomfortably sexual, but also like 
kind of like everything is everything in this game is weird. Yeah. Um, but like kind of appealing if you let the weirdness kind of wash over totally. you. Totally. The exact opposite of the odd world thing we were complaining about on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's ugly and I do like it. Um, but one of the things that I, I really like about the uh, Yeti Mansion is that it is this house that is uh, 90% just falling apart. Um, but the Yeti and his wife don't really seem to mind because they're just hanging out in the kitchen, which right. is in fine working order. Yeah. They just want to make soup. <laughs> yeah, and you can you can uh, bottle that soup and use it to heal yourself. It's a delight. It's also a, one, a really fun boss battle. It's probably, to my mind, one of the most memorable boss battles in that game where uh, oh, like, yes, yeah, the Yeti yes. wife, like, because you're going there because you're trying to find a piece of the mirror Mm-hmm. And um, the, the Yeti is like, oh, yeah, I think we have one of those. Like, come, you know, like, skateboard uh, down this uh, mountain to my house. Um, and, uh, and so you finally get to the room where, uh, which is, like, really tall ceilings, like, big. It's circular because it's a boss battle. Yep. And, um, uh, and then, like, the wife looks into the mirror and the camera kind of, like, comes behind her so you can't see her face reflected anymore. And then she, like, snaps around. She's possessed by whatever's like in the mirror. Yeah, so she starts like spinning around, and you have to like uh, hit her with your mace um, that... to like break the ice. And yeah, then, and then the coolest part is when she and like the big I don't know, like ice blocks or whatever like go up into the air, and you can't see them. You can only see their reflection. Oh yeah, in the ice that you're running around on, to, so you can like maneuver out of their way. It's really fun. It's really cool. Yeah, and Twilight Princess is sort of uh, notorious for introducing uh, items that you only used. Uh, like really only used in the dungeons where you found them um, and having like limited use for them outside. Uh, and I think this was one of the, this and the, uh, the, the gear that you ride um, are like two of the kind of coolest implementations in the boss fights, uh, like swinging that giant uh, ball and chain around to like break up those ice blocks is super, super fun. Yeah. Um, well, all right. Uh, that, that's a good one. I'm glad we both had it. All right. Uh, on my list, I have, Mount Wario from Mario Kart 8 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh, yeah. I love this level. Um, It's super different from most Mario Kart levels in that there's only one lap. Yes. And so you start at the top of Mount Wario. Yes. Um, Being dropped off in an in airplane. Like a plane. Yeah. yeah. You, you're all jumping out of a plane. Yep. And then you're basically like skiing down this mountain. And, you know, you're starting from the peak and going all the way to the finish at the uh, bottom. And it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I like how it goes through the, uh, like, so many different stages of, like, skiing, right? So, uh, you know, there's there's the, it starts with the sort of, like, thrill seeker. You're being dropped out of a plane mm-hmm. uh, onto this, like, really, uh, like, untamed uh, mountain wilderness and uh, there are these like really sharp turns that if you mess up, you're gonna fly off the cliff. Right. Um. And then like after you go through, there's like a, a a dam or something that you go over. There's like some water. Um. But then you're in like a, a slalomy like tree area where you're like, okay, this is more like there are groomed trails here, but like it's still in the woods. And then by the time you get to the bottom, you're in like a ski race. Yeah. Uh. Where everything is clearly demarcated. Uh. It's just it's just awesome. It's a really cool journey that it takes. Yeah. You. And each of those like levels are so distinct and they like actually make sense where you're like oh you're up at the top there's no trees because they can't grow past here then you get into the tree line and then you know like it's all just like really detailed and thought out um and 
Yeah, uh, there, there's like an implied also, like, super, narrative. There. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really good. It's also just like super unique. Yeah, I um I wouldn't want every Mario Kart track to do it, but I just love that it's like nope, there's no laps. It's just a single like downhill course, and uh, you just have to like make all your moves before you get there. Um, does Mario Kart Eight just have the three of those? So there's that one. There's the uh, F Zero one. Uh huh. That's uh, I think it's Big Blue. Or it's one of them. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I think it's Big Blue because Mute City is the the other one, and there are laps there. Um, and then one of the Rainbow Roads is also a, a, a yeah, one way. Yeah, I think that's right. Um. The, those are really cool tracks. I wish I wish they had uh, a few more of those. Um, yeah, that that's a good one. Uh, let me pull up my list here. Okay, so I, this next one is actually two. I want to talk about them both. Um, the snow levels from Mario sixty four, Cool Cool Mountain, and Snowman's Land. Um, we're talking Baby Penguin. Uh, we're talking Baby Penguin, and I mean more even. Th- I love that Baby Penguin. Love him to death. Uh, I love bringing him back to his mother. I like bringing back the wrong baby penguin. <laughs> and she's like, that's not my penguin. And you're like, okay, but he still doesn't have parents. Um, but the uh, jumping into that, the lonely little cabin and uh, taking that insane slide oh, down to like, yeah. the other cabin, it's so like whimsical. And I've just, just the idea of having these like lonely little cabins uh, on a snow covered mountain that are connected by a magic slide. It's such a whimsical, wonderful idea. Um, but I think the, I prefer the second level, um, the snowman's land, which uh, is the only feature in it. Like the only main feature is a giant snowman. That's like right in the middle of it. And there's a star at the top of his head, maybe one like at the small of his back or something um, that it's just, uh, that feels, it's a much more like aggressive against Mario mm-hmm. uh, area to be in. The water hurts you if you're in it for too long. There are like, there's that like ice bully that like just tries to push you into that harmful water. And like the snowman's blowing you around. There are other like wind effects. It's like a harsh place to be. I feel like in isolation, like when you really think about it, there's a lot of like eldritch horror in uh, Mario, uh, Super Mario 64. Like this towering snowman. Yes. You're like uh, a shipwreck with like a giant like eel that'll come out. Yeah. Yeah, Mario, that is weird. Why is there so much bigness in that? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I guess they could. Yeah, you yes, know? they could. Um, and it could you could feel it at that point. So I have one more Mario Kart level on here. Yeah. And it's uh, Sherbet Land, originally featured in Mario Kart Double Dash. Um, this is the one where, like, the Shy Guys are, like, ice skating around. Oh, cute. And all that kind of stuff. Um, so I... You know, Double Dash is one of my... Like, not on the top of my list for Mario Kart games, Mm -hmm. but I think some of the tracks are timeless, and this is one of them. I just love seeing, and I think I, my feeling is that when this, it was remastered for Mario Kart 8. Yes. uh, Like, remade for Mario Kart 8, and it got a little bit too complex for my liking in the sense that, like, uh, the cracks in the ice, you can fall down, and now you're in water, because that's, like, a thing we can do in Mario Kart now. Right. Um, and then there's, like, a whole, like, shadow track down there. Right. Can... Yeah, and, like, it, it, to I me... I mean, it, mind it just... you, I never fall down <laughs> in those cracks, so I don't even know. I've You've heard told. rumors. Yes. yes, that's right. Um, uh, Yeah, so, like, it's almost too much for me. Mm. I prefer the, like, lo-fi version of it in, the, uh, in Mario Kart Double Dash. Uh, let me just say that the Shy Guys in Mario Kart are underrated. 
because everything they do in that game is adorable. Like mime? Like like when they mine and they sing a little song it's, as it's it, an adorable song. It uh, that's adorable. Uh, th- when they're ice skating and they'll just like jump and like do a little trick together. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. <laughs> um, my my next is not technically a level, um, but it is a section of uh, Breath of the Wild where I would camp out waiting for the dragon Dinral to fly by so it is uh on the tabantha hills so like the north west side of the map um kind of like looking out over that gorge that has like there's like the, the temple on like the really far north side of it so not quite that far north but there's like a little area there where you can um just camp out and uh dinral always flies by not always but most uh most nights will fly by uh, so when i was uh farming for dragon parts for um, armor upgrades that I would just wait there, start a fire, and you know, just like keep keep uh you know camping until um the next night uh, until he spawned. Um, and it's just like a a quiet. It's it's one of those. There are so many places in Breath of the Wild where like it's just great to be and like take in the world. Um, but that was one where I always felt like the world was at its most, uh, like alive. Um, because I genuinely felt like i was waiting for a live animal that uh, occasionally flies by so i could you know take a piece of its toenails or something <laughs> i uh that area was one of the last ones yeah. that i explored in the game and um i remember it being my memory of it is that it's one of like the trickiest because you're in some areas like your visibility is really low yeah totally and they do things that are like trickier like there's one shrine that uh, if you have the radar on, you can like hear it beeping, and you're like, "I have to be standing right on top of it." But it's because like way you... under the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's that one puzzle that in order to like get to the shrine, you have to uh knock the you have to roll a snowball yes. down the hill, and you have to find like the right path for it to go down, or otherwise it'll just like uh it won't make it far enough before it uh like breaks up. Yeah. Um, just like all that kind of stuff. There's like one shrine that's like way out kind of in the middle of nothing and there's just like uh and for whatever reason there's no like direct parallel but it reminded me a little bit of the line the witch in the wardrobe in that there's like a lionel out there there's like a single lionel and then from like your perspective like heading towards it you can't see that it's that the uh shrine is there yeah it's like only from the reverse side when you actually make it that far and you see the shrine that you're like, oh, I see this from a whole nother perspective. Plus, there's like the labyrinth up in that area. Yeah. I don't know. It was it was later in the game, so I was overpowered in most areas. But uh, also because like the harsh conditions, it just felt so like stressful in a way that some of the other areas didn't by the end of the game because I felt so overpowered. Yeah. Well, and it's also one of those uh, areas where um, it it like Death Mountain, you just need to have the right um the right stuff equipped or like no amount of uh you know potions or whatever are going to keep you alive for very long yeah um so yeah it was definitely one of those where you're like well i really love that attack buff but i can't use it here uh i really just have to <laughs> be be warm and not die yeah um so i'm also going to do a little bit of a cheat cuz i'm going to talk about an entire like world in a game and of course it's donkey kong country Gorilla Glacier World. Yeah. We've talked about this level, like this world a lot. Um, but I really do think that it's like one of the most 
like beautiful parts of that game. It's so cool that, you know, it starts out with a light snowfall yep. and turns into like Snow a barrel blast, turns baby. into like a really heavy blizzard. And then you go into these beautiful ice caves that are, and then you come out of the cave and it's like stop snowing. It's like all that kind of stuff. Well, it's not just, just that it has stopped snowing, is that through the course of the next level, the snowstorm dies down. Like, it, you come out and it is still going, and it's through the course of that world that, like, this is another one where, like, it's, it's the sort of, like, subtle, soft storytelling of uh, just things changing in the background as you're going through it. Which is so interesting because, like, m- most of Donkey Kong Country does not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's something that we'll see a lot more in, like, uh, Tropical Freeze. Um, in fact, like every level of Tropical Freeze is, is pretty good at, at, at that. Sidebar. Yes. Um, the, do you remember when the uh, Super Nintendo Classic Edition came out? I sure do. And Nintendo put all of the um, user manuals, like booklets, oh, yeah. online. So I had that bookmarked for the longest time. And then like a couple of weekends ago, I was like, oh, I was just looking through some of them. They are absolute treasures. Yeah. Like, uh, there's, it's so much fun to go back and look at those old game manuals. But in it, they talk about each of the Kongs. And we did our ranking of the Kongs. Yes. And one of the things we neglected, because I totally forgot, is that Candy Kong is Donkey Kong's girlfriend. Ugh. Canonically? Donkey Kong's girlfriend? Yeah. All right. Well, Something to consider. Did we... Let me ask you this. Is that ranking still definitive, or did we undefinitive it? <sighs> I think it is definitive yeah but with in light of this new information we may need to um we may need to relitigate some yeah point. here's the thing i need at least one more new kong before we can go in and change that right yeah that's fair um and also come on nintendo how long has it been since you added a new kong well who was the last kong added F- oh uh um, the, the 64 kongs yeah lanky 20 maybe? years ago <laughs> we just celebrated the 20th anniversary of donkey kong 64 this is insanity. Um, next, yeah. Up, what if? Okay, so they did really long arms. What if they did like really small arms? Like yeah, T-Rex. it's like a T Rex Kong. That's right. <laughs> Rex Kong. Um, the although that would be a dog. I apologize. <laughs> Some sort of monkey dog. Um, next on my list, and hey, I'm a broken record, so I'm gonna talk about Dragon Quest again. Uh, Dragon Quest XI S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition for the Nintendo Switch includes a town at the north side of the map called Sniffelheim, which, yes, is an adorable, like, mashup of, like, uh, uh, Norse mythical uh, location names and the word Sniffle. <laughs> uh, when you first come upon this town, it is frozen solid. Um, the gates to the town are, are frozen, uh, and there's a really cool, like, I don't want to spoil it. it it's one of the uh, many uh, kind of like episodes of that game that feel like a uh, totally wonderful uh, self-contained story where like uh, you meet some characters who aren't what they appear. And then like even that is subverted uh, and you're doing favors for people that double cross you. And it's just it's uh, it's a great part of the game. Uh, and it's also the last place where you go to get the uh, the like orbs of Yadrasil. Uh, so that you can actually approach the the tree of life or whatever it is, um, so like it is, it it's like the it's the last mission on which like the first half of the game hinges, uh, and it's just a a beautiful like weird change of scenery, um, from all of these everything else feels so like terrestrial by comparison, where it's like 
there are trees and water and all this stuff that you understand and then you're in this like snowy wasteland uh, and people are still like living cute little Dragon Quest lives. Uh, it's just wonderful. Do you think it's called Sniffleheim because um like when you get a cold you get the sniffles yeah 100 percent. okay i love that (laughs) yeah yeah it's i mean that feels right to me uh and really it would be worthy of a place on this list just by its name alone sniffleheim is genius (laughs) uh a kingdom that i really liked from super mario odyssey was the snow kingdom yeah specifically because you get your visit to shiveria town oh the shiverians they're just Big adorable balls of seal or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're like seals. Yeah, I guess they are seals. Like polar bears. They're they wear like big long sleeves. Yeah. Um, they roll around and bounce. Okay, so that's counterpoint to why they should appear on no list whatsoever. <laughs> is you gotta do that bounding game. Yeah. The bounding game, not fun. <laughs> um, especially if you're trying to get all the moons <sighs> in uh Shiveria. But the music is really cute. Um, the town just feels so warm and nice, and especially, like, you know, we talked about, um, in Donkey Kong Country, how, or sorry, in Breath of the Wild, how that area is so, like, relentless. Um, it is that way for Mario as well. Like, when you first get to the, before you get to Shiveria Town, when you first get to the Snow Kingdom, like, it's not, you know, like, not, like, really difficult, but you're, like, bounded around by the, yeah, yeah, low visibility. The wind is blowing you around everywhere. Um, you don't really have a good sense of the space, like uh, how big the kingdom is. You can fall yeah. into the water and get cold. You know, like all that kind of stuff. And then when you get into Shiveria itself, it definitely has that feeling of like coming in from the cold. Yeah. And it has like a nice like warm firelit glow. Um, it feels very like festive. Yeah. And also for, for as much as I'm uh, throwing shade at the bounding minigame, I love, I love, 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 love uh the idea of a a town in like the mountains or in like a wintry area that like finds sport in the winteriness um like that is very appealing to me and so the fact that they have their own uh race that is all based in like the snowy bounding uh, is is very attractive to me all looking forward to the uh Shiveria 2030 Olympics <laughs> except the people of Shiveria who are like why are we spending billions of dollars you know, like we're gonna build all this infrastructure, and then nobody's right, gonna. Right, but then go. they're around to use the infrastructure later. the The goal is to build things that you will use: the public transportation, uh, housing. Like these are the places nobody's where you moving should be to Shaveria. People will move if you build housing. We have a. I mean, I guess we have a housing uh, surplus uh, in in Los Angeles, uh, and many empty housing uh, units that are just unaffordable, uh, and uh, you know, too much uh, homelessness. It's next on my list. Uh, so there are two things I want to throw out here in, in quick succession. Uh, first, uh, that there is a part uh, in Secret of Mana where you meet Santa Claus. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Santa is a character. You meet his. Uh, you meet him and his uh, Santa Claus wife, and like there are reindeer and stuff. And it's just like, yep, here you are pl- off on this grand fantasy adventure. Also, Santa Claus is there. Um, I want to mention that. I want to mention the Himalayas from DuckTales. Um, not my favorite level in DuckTales, but it does, uh, it gets, it does a different, uh, like, hazard than so many uh, snow levels do. So one of the things that I find frustrating about snow and ice worlds 
are icy surfaces, right? No one likes slipping around. You've mastered how to get around in this game, and now suddenly you're like, you go too far when you try to stop. It's a bummer. Uh, DuckTales doesn't do that. DuckTales instead introduces deep snow, where if you try to pogo into it, Scrooge gets stuck, <laughs> and it's adorable. Uh, so the just those two honorable mentions. Um, but this one I want to dig into a little bit more. Metroid Fusion. You're on a spaceship. All of the environments are fabricated, uh, including Sector 5, which is a deep freeze area. And normally that wouldn't be too much of a problem for Samus. Hey, she you know, cruises around in the Fendrana drifts. She's fine. But in Metroid Fusion, she has been infused with Metroid blood. She is part Metroid. So being hit with cold or with an ice beam or just being in Sector 5 is painful for her. Um, and uh, that's I, I mostly like this because of the way it plays off of the character that Samus is becoming, where she is as much of the creature that she's like afraid of or and that she's fighting, um, that it, it is cold and that coldness is like a weapon against her. I, uh, when you were explaining that, yes. You, so Metroid, of course, was uh, the original Metroid was totally like a riff on the Aliens franchise, totally, and Ridley, and yep. of course, like in the later Alien movies, like Ridley is also infused with Alien. She she's cl- she is cloned because she dies at the end of Alien Three, right? Uh, and then uh, with a Queen Alien inside of her, and so they to re-engineer the uh, Queen Alien, they clone Ripley with the Alien inside of her, and there are all these. Uh, they're not perfect when they do it, so uh-huh. like, the Alien is a little bit human, and the human is a little bit alien. Interesting. Just wondering if that's where they got the idea from Fusion from I'm- Alien Resurrection. Resurrection, probably. <laughs> Um, I have one runner-up. It is a level in Super Mario Brothers 3 that uh, it's in the ice world. Yep. And in order to get past it, I think it's the optional level where you can get the um, uh, Hammer Brothers suit mm. from the castle there. But in order to get past it, you have to carry a shell oh. and fly up oh. and then release the shell so yes. it can like knock out the bricks. Yep. And I find that level so difficult, even with P-Wings. Yeah, I find that level so incredibly difficult. It's difficult to pull off, and if you don't know that that's what you have to do, it is one of those things that you will drive yourself mad, uh, never mind running out the clock uh, in the process of trying to do it. I generally don't like, don't care for World 6 in uh, Super Mario Bros. Yeah, 3. I agree. Um, it is my least favorite. Um, that it, it has too much of that, like, I'm going to slip on this ice and not Mario's not going to control as well as I want him to. And then I'm like, oh, sweet, Hammer Brothers, and then I just get hit right away and lose <laughs> it. Plus, that world goes on forever. It is very There's long. like 30 levels in it. <laughs> um, so honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, my final pick is from the original Paper Mario for Nintendo 64, mm. and it is Shiver City. So have you played Paper Mario before? Yes. Okay. It has been some time. Right. It is uh, one of my favorite Nintendo 64 games. Uh, definitely the franchise I think was perfected in Thousand Year Door, but Paper Mario by itself is a really great game. I'm a little bit sad we didn't like honestly just get a remaster of it for 3DS because it would have been super fun to see it in 3D. Um, but And I, I didn't play Sticker Star, so I know it doesn't have like the best reputation. But one of the thing I love about Shiver City, 
you know, I've talked about it on the show before, is I love a good, like, uh, Agatha Christie murder mystery type thing. Is it a murder mystery? So in Shiver City, yeah. uh, Shiver City, like, blocks your path um, to, like, progress in the game. And so you arrive, and one of the people are like, okay, in order for you to pass, you'll have to get permission from the mayor. So let me take you to the mayor. So you go to the mayor's office, and the mayor is dead. Oh, my God. So you spend your time. Wait, what, what are these people? Are they toads? Are they, what oh, are they? I think they're, uh, like, Koopa Troopas. Okay, okay. I think. I actually can't remember right now. I I'm, might be I'm wrong. Gonna, I'm going to look it up. Um, and so you spend, and it's, like, in, you know, like, the mayor's mansion. And so you spend a good part of Shiver City acting like a detective and having to solve the mystery of who murdered the mayor in order to progress. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait. Are they like penguin people? They're called bumpties? Oh, maybe. Many bumpties live in the city. I'm on the Super Mario wiki. Shiver City is a cold and icy city found during events of Paper Mario. Many bumpties live in this city. Mario and his partners travel here at the beginning of Chapter 7 and must solve a murder mystery before they can go on. Well, there you go. I completely forgot that they were bumpties. Which I mean, are like penguins. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but that's great. You have yeah. to solve the the mystery of who murdered the mayor. Yes. Who did it? Do you remember? It's very. I do. I should I spoil it? I guess yeah. spoiler warning yeah. for yeah, Paper yeah, Mario yeah. happening now. Um, he's not really dead because it's uh, Paper Mario. Yay! <laughs> that's even better than a murder mystery. <laughs> yeah. Better than a murder mystery. No <laughs> one's hurt. But it's just it's so much fun. It um. You know, like, has the humor uh, that you love in Paper Mario, but it's also just, like, such a fun diversion from everything else that you've done in the game to that point. Um, yeah. Man, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Um, just uh, so you are aware, the name of the mayor uh, is Mayor Penguin. So. There you go. Uh, all right, for my uh, final... Wait, that's funny. It's Mayor Penguin, but they are bumpties. So... Uh, yeah. I mean, they know. Cool. They know. Yeah. <laughs> they know that they're just penguins. Uh, so my, my final entry uh, for this list is perhaps a bit of a cheat because we haven't seen a Metal Gear game on a Nintendo platform in kind of a long time. I guess the last one would have been uh, Snake Eater 3D on the 3DS. But prior to that, we sure did get Twin Snakes on uh, the GameCube. I'm referring, of course, to Shadow Moses Island, um, a location that is so iconic and awesome that like it is you know there are a couple pillars that like are metal gear solid right and like snake is one of them and then like you kind of got to lump all of the bad guys together in like one other pillar and like that's that's the second pillar and the third is just shadow moses the location is so cool and so iconic and like you're on this big uh like bad guy army base in the in alaska right mm -hmm. um for uh you know like so long and like, like connecting all of these like buildings and all this stuff and you know it's not until like you break out at the end and are escaping on a snowmobile that like you kind of get a sense for the alaskan wilderness that you're like actually uh, escaping from um and it's just such a big seemingly i'm sure it's actually very small but my memories of it um are that it's just like big expansive space uh that takes up two discs on playstation discs um and just feels very uh feels very real 
Yeah, I mean, so iconic they turned it into the Smash Brothers level, right? Yeah, that's true. And also, uh, you go back to Shadow Moses in um, uh, Metal Gear 4, I want to say? Metal Gear Solid 4? Mm, I don't remember. The point is, it is uh, such a big... It's it's such a big part of like the uh of what that game is. And even the uh you know one of the points uh, here spoilers for Metal Gear Solid 2 um is that uh one of like the the points of that game is that they are recreating um what Snake went through on Shadow Moses for like uh as a test for Raiden on this like oil rig thing. So like even within the fiction of the game Shadow Moses is an environment that they're trying to replicate all the time because it's such a like uh, furnace that forges this great warrior um and yeah it just it's just it's just so cool and just uh anytime a if uh, it's just it's just one of those places right like it's like midgar it's like uh, uh princess toadstool's castle it's just like that's a sp- yeah i think it totally defines mm-hmm. metal gear solid also no to be, need to be ashamed of twin snakes oh i, I wasn't <laughs> i wasn't i just uh, uh i i the the thing that I feel like it's it's a little bit of a a cheat is that like Metal Gear is so associated with non-Nintendo platforms totally at at this point. Um and it's a little bit crazy to me that we don't have, you know, they they did Metal Gear Solid collections for like PS3 and uh, Xbox 360. It's weird that we don't have those on Switch. Yeah, I think, you know, Konami got out of the console game market entirely to make pachinko machines, and then the pachinko, pachinko machine market started to crash and so they're like uh but we love console games well they love it enough to put together a castlevania collection <laughs> with uh, two game boy games no on i it. think th- i think they've said that they're getting back into like the triple a mm. market triple a market we'll see i mean that uh uh contra is that a konami game is contra konami i think so because there just was a contra a new contra alien game. gut bucket. alien gut bucket hey it's not a holiday episode <laughs> If we don't talk about the alien gut bucket. Mark, I think we came up with uh, some really good winter levels here. I think so, too. Let's close this out. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. What are your favorite uh, winter and snowy and icy levels? Um, I know we left out a bunch, so I'd love to uh, hear what your favorites are. You can write to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at Nincart Society. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Ellers. What's my last name? <laughs> Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, Livy Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.
Have you ever encountered an unexplained hairy bipedal hominid in the woods? Have you received telepathic messages from an unidentified aerial phenomenon? If so, then you need to listen to Bigfoot Collectors Club. I'm Michael McMillan. And I'm Bryce Johnson. And together with super producer... Riley Bray. We make up the Bigfoot Collectors Club. That's right. Every week we talk to actors, comedians, writers, and paranormal experts about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. Like the time when we talked to Craig Ferguson about the Loch Ness Monster and when a sea witch told him he had raven magic. Or the time I asked Pitch Perfect's Anna Camp her opinion on cattle mutilations. Past guests have included Rachel Bloom, Jen Kirkman, Paul F. Tompkins, Bobcat Goldthwait, and more. So if you've ever been abducted alongside five reindeer by an alien with drills for hands or witnessed Bigfoot crawl out of an interdimensional portal, don't laugh, happens all the time. Then check out Bigfoot Collectors Club on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Bigfoot, Bigfoot Collectors Club, you're, you're here to, to believe, believe us. Wait, is that how it goes? Campfire.